Welcome to Harvest Hour with Reverend Dr. Godwin Alija. Today's message is from the vast teaching archives of the man of God, who is also the lead pastor of the Harvest Missions Chapel, Assemblies of God International Church, a first century church in the 21st century world. Join us today as we explore truths of God's word for the building up of our faith and victorious living in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Now, today's message. What is up to foreign soil to work a distant land? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit of God. Father, my Father, your word is already anointed. Anoint my lips of clay that I can deliver your oracles unto your children this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together and resume your seats. Hallelujah. We have just a few things to do this morning and then the word of God will come. I'm excited. I have a daughter who left the shores of Ghana about 10 years ago. And the Lord has blessed her. She's here with her husband and her certificate of performance. A beautiful baby, Anaya. So come on, let's give it up. At the right time, we'll introduce them. Give us a wave. Give us a wave. Amen. And secondly, the video we saw was what God did through you yesterday. We were in the village of Dedukofe. Uh, a church had partnered with us to have the COVID relief project because this COVID has devastated people. And so by God's grace, we're able to mobilize some funds through you. Yes, come in. Let, let them come in and have a seat. And we were able to love on the welcome justice. We were able to love on the community. We went there with bags of rice, oil, hand sanitizers, face masks. We took care of the children. This church has a DNA of missions. We were born for such a time as this. And as long as the Lord gives us breath, every single opportunity we get, we will go out there to the bush, to the rural area. And those of you who went with us, may the Lord bless you. Those who couldn't go, we represented you. So God equally bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Please give me Nehemiah chapter 1. I want to bring us five quick principles that will help us position ourselves for the next level. This year, the Lord told us that we have tarried around this mountain too long. It is time to break camps and move to the next level. And God has blessed us with some prophetic visitations. Last week was amazing. God specifically 
gave words to individuals. However, it is one thing having a prophetic word and another thing seeing the prophecy come to pass. A lot of us don't know how to actualize prophecies. So, when we just hear the prophetic word, we think, oh, God has said this, so we can go to sleep. No, it doesn't work like that. When God speaks, there are some things to do so you can move to the next level. We want to know how to divinely position ourselves. And we've been looking at the life of Nehemiah, how God used Nehemiah so powerfully, a man that you know, was not in Jerusalem at the time it was captured, yet he had a heart to pray for Jerusalem. And not only did he have the heart, but God used that content, the content of his heart, to take him back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. Amazing. That is a project and a half. 52 days. And we believe that this man totally aligned himself and that was why God used him. So let's see what God is going to teach us here. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakilia, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year. Kislev is around November. Okay, so bear that in mind. While I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile. And also about Jerusalem. Let's go quickly. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned. Now look at verse 4. Very uh, instructive. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. I sat down and wept. For some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, oh Lord God of heaven, the great God and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to the ear. The prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servant. The people of Israel, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself, my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations ill and appear before the king serving him. Because you are the cupbearer is like the lieutenant of the king. Nothing is served on the king's table without the cupbearer's permission. And in fact, those days, the kings were easily poisoned. So, Nehemiah typically would take a portion of the king's food and first taste it before the king was permitted. So, you can, you can see that Nehemiah was in a very trusted position. He didn't lack anything. He was before King Atazerzes, a man who ruled over 127 provinces. In fact, Bible says that he started all the way from Asia to Ethiopia, Africa. That is how big this king was. People of God, after reading this and matching it with some of the prophetic words that we've had, I tend to ask myself, how did Nehemiah position himself to gain favor from God? How did Nehemiah cause the prophetic word that he prayed in his prayer come to pass within the shortest time? And there are five things that I came up with. Number one, that Nehemiah had a good heart. 
Nehemiah worked on his heart. Nehemiah's heart was with God. Nehemiah did not allow his exile and his position to destroy the content of his heart. Some of us, when God promotes us, that is when we forget him. Some of us, the day we were elected as the speaker of parliament, we throw the Bible into the garbage. When God begins to bless us and we get the first one million dollar in, in our account, now we have arrived. But this man, Nehemiah, understood that for God to continue to favor you, your heart must be with him. Your heart must continually stay with God. David says, as the deer panted for the waters, so my heart longed after thee every day, every night. For us to be able to actualize any prophetic word God has given us, we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our hearts. We need to ensure that this heart that the Lord has given us continually yearns for God. People of God, whether we like it or not, a lot of things will distract us as we go through the day. A lot of things will bait us. A lot of the devil will throw so many things at us. And I've always said, said sometimes, Meanwhile, the good thing that God has for you is beyond the promotion that you think you have right now. It's beyond the status that you think you have right now. It's beyond the level that you think you have attained. It does not matter the level you think you are. There is yet another level that God can take you. And God is only requiring that for you to continually be under my banner, for you to continually gain favor from me, I just need your heart to align with my word. The founder of World Vision, Bob Pierce, one time said, let my heart break with the things that break the heart of God. People of God, how do we feel when God's work is breaking apart? How do we feel when today, out of the 7.8 billion people of this world, only 1.9 billion are Christians? How do we feel? How do we feel when... Islam is growing faster than Christianity. Christianity is growing at the rate of 1.4%. Islam is growing at the rate of 2.13% per annum. It is only a matter of time. How do we feel? Where is our heart? Apparently, there are so many of us who have been in the church for so many years. Our bodies are here, but our hearts are far away. Jesus one time told the people, he said, you people worship me with your lips, but your hearts are so far away from me. Your hearts are so far away from me. And I've come to the conclusion that we, we, we have, we, life is short. We don't have time. We don't have time to be wasting our own time. Nehemiah's heart was broken with the things that break the heart of God. The heart is where the, the source of compassion, the heart is where God deals with us. The heart is, is where the Lord dwells. The heart is where God wants to fellowship with us. So if you read Proverbs 4.23, Bible says that, guard your hearts. Give me, give me Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. I was reading another version of this and I was shocked. He says that guard your hearts for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from your heart. So some of us are speaking in tongues 
but our hearts are so calcified. We cannot just love one another. We cannot just love ourselves. We, we cannot just move ourselves to doing the things of God. Church has become like a society. Another version says that keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. I like this one better. It says, guard your heart is the new living translation. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of your life. Whether you go up, you go down. Check your heart. Is your heart really with God? Is our heart broken with the things of God? Are we always yearning for the things of God? The hunger you have for God determines where you are with God. You see, we are tired of begging people to do things for God. We are tired of begging people to, to, you know, come and worship God. You have to receive five calls. Come and worship your own God. You, You want to be told? And when they give you some assignment in church, you want to prove that I am doing you a favor. My God, when did you start doing God a favor? When did God start needing man that much? Because if you refuse to serve him, Bible says that he can lift up stones to worship him. The heart of Nehemiah was with God. The heart of Nehemiah felt that God was, was the ultimate. And even though Nehemiah didn't need anything in life, some of us, if God should dissect our heart today, what will he find? Are we going to see the people you are not talking to? Are we going to see the people you are angry with? Are we going to see the people you laugh with? <laughs> oh, brother, hallelujah! But when they turn, you stab them right in the back. What will God see when our hearts are opened? If God should take us to the spiritual theater <laughs> and open up our hearts, Right now, ask yourself, what would God see? You cannot deceive God because God looks at the content of our hearts. You know, sometimes we make mistakes. There are people who may be smoking weed and all kinds of things, but it may be an addiction they are struggling with. For all you know, God is working on their heart. And there are people who are in the church speaking in tongues every day, but their hearts are toxic and poison. You cannot deceive God. Because he's an all-knowing God. One day I prayed. I mean, very often I pray that God show me my heart. Because you see, Bible says your heart determines the course of your life. And I remember I was in a fast. And I prayed and I prayed. And I had a dream. I saw another one of myself. So this was Godwin. I saw another Godwin standing in front of me. And this Godwin that I was looking at looked very tired. Look very tired. And it's like, and God says, that is your heart. You are tired. Take a break. Rest. Your heart, you, because you, you have been shot, you have been pushed, you have been, you, you need to refresh. And that is why my wife will tell you, from time to time, I know when I have to take a break. A time comes, I say, sweetheart, I have to get out of here. I have to get out of here. Because if you are tired, you cannot give your best to God. So, pray. It's a good prayer to pray. God, what is the content of my heart? Examine. David says that, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me. 
Sometimes we don't understand why the Bible says that David is a man after God's heart. Yeah, he did all the wrong things. But he was a man who could not pretend before God. He was a man who was willing to fall into the hands of God than fall into the hands of the enemy. Because he knew God so much so that he wanted his heart to be for God. What? what, what? Where is the allegiance of your heart? Is it with your work? We can tell from the way you treat the things of God that you only think about the work that puts food on your table. Even though that is just here. We can tell from the way you behave whether your heart is for that boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, these days the boys have raps. One boy says that, oh, sweetheart, take my heart and let me use energizer battery. Write it down. It's, it's a good apple for you. <laughs> take my heart and let me use energizer battery. My word. As I own. As a, because why should we guard our heart? Nehemiah gives us the explanation. Jeremiah in Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. Let's, let's look at what is there. Who, I, I need, we, we need to deal with this. Because church, we cannot continue to be here and be pretending. Let's, let's look at this one more time. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. And desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I like this translation. One time, broad daylight, a man was carrying Bobo. You know Bobo? Lantern, that lantern that. And when it was broad daylight, they said, hey, now, Bobo here. I said, we are seeing why you soon. We are seeing why you soon. The heart, people of God, I don't care. You can be the Pope. If you don't submit your heart to the authority of God, you will be shocked the kind of things you can do to your brother. You'll be shocked. And that is why we are in the church. And we are tearing each other down. You, you wait until you have a problem in the church. That is why you know if you have brothers in Christ or brothers in crime. They will devour you. They will tear you. They will shred you. They will make barbecue out of you. In the church. That is because the contents of our hearts are not broken and are not aligned with the will of God. People of God, what is the content of our hearts? Father, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Nehemiah was broken. Nehemiah had the heart. Five good months. He prayed. He cried. He looked up to God. He said, God, please don't let my people be destroyed. My exiled people. Yes, I don't know them. I don't even, some of them, I don't even know what is going on. But I know they are there. I know they are suffering. It's your heart towards the people who haven't yet received Jesus. I don't know what the church will be doing if we are not out preaching the gospel. I don't know what else the church is called to do. Honestly. Some of us, we have eaten the word of God that we have become koshoko. We are not exercising. We are not going anywhere. But Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. The signs will follow you. What it means is that you need to be going. If you are sitting, you are sitting on the signs and wonders. And sometimes we complain about everything. People whose hearts are not with God, they see bad in everything. Have you seen people like that? Negative. Everything is negative. Every time the glass, the glass is half empty, they have never seen the glass half full. 
And Nehemiah is telling us that it doesn't matter the prophetic word that we have. If your heart is not aligned with God, these prophecies will not come to pass. Because God needs something. God needs a point of contact. Nehemiah says, my heart was broken. Number two, we, Nehemiah did another thing that was very instructive. When Nehemiah was praying, you realize that he knew the word of God. He knew the word of God. The word of God was a lamp unto his feet and a light unto his path. He didn't wake up one morning and just say, oh, I, 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 what should I do? Let me pray. You realize that in his prayer, please give me the prayer again, Nehemiah chapter 1. And listen carefully. This is a man who understood the Torah at the time. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. How did he know that? He got that from the Torah. Continue. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me. Pray night and day for your people Israel. Some of us, we only think about ourselves. If we come for prayer meeting and we are not praying for the demon, against demons in your house, you won't pray. If you are not casting out demons that are disturbing, you won't pray. You say, let's win, let's pray for souls. You don't know them. You can't relate. Your heart is not there. Look at this man. He prayed night and day. And then, look at this. I confess that we have sinned against you. He didn't say day. So easily Christians do me and them. We are always righteous. We are always holy. Hallelujah. Zapata bababa. We pray megabytes of tongues. Machigo, 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 megabytes of tongues. The others are sinners. We are the righteous ones. Bible says that he who says he's not sent is a liar. The truth is not in you. If you really know God and your heart is towards God, every day you come into the presence of God, you see how filthy and how unworthy you are to stand before this holy God. Every day. And so that is why the prophets of hold, anytime they see God, they fall flat. Isaiah says, oh, woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man with unclean lips because I dwell in the midst of unclean people. Isaiah chapter 6. He had prophesied from Isaiah chapter 1, woe is you. Chapter 2, woe is you. Chapter 3, woe is you. Chapter 4, woe is you. Chapter 5, woe is you. And when he saw God in chapter 6, he said, woe is me. Until you see God, you don't know who you are. People of God, I am teaching these things so that we can receive what God has prepared for us. He says, my sins then he said, Whoa, okay, please, that's not what I want. Go back to Nehemiah 1. Thank you. Thank you for referring this uh, to Isaiah. Nehemiah chapter 1. Then he says that we have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and the regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. How did he know that? People of God, the second thing we need to do if the prophetic word is going to be fulfilled in our lives is to align, to be obedient to the word of God, not man. We need to be obedient to the word of God. You know, sometimes the word of God does not make sense. But it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Me, the way I was raised up, 
read your Bible and pray every day if you want to grow. That's you. That's all I know. I still use daily bread, though. I'm telling you, I still use my daily bread. How many of you use daily bread? How many of you know daily bread? I still use, one time, one of my big prophets, I said it, friend, he came to see me read my daily bread. He said, ah, you still read this thing? I said, what else can I read? He's, he's, apparently, he has graduated. People of God, if every morning you take one pill of the word of God and prayer, you'll be fine. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God will convict. The word of God will prepare. The word of God will direct. The word of God will align. The word of God will take us to the next level. People of God, the word of God will take us to the next level. I beseech you by the message of God that let this word of God, let this daily quiet time. Look, if you are going to forfeit anything in your day, not the word of God. And I know these teachings are not popular these days. But if I say the Holy Ghost is in that corner of the room. Hey, you, that sister with a fair face. Hey, that sister. Hey, come, come, bring your son. Hey, you, come, trembling. We believe in man's word than God's words. The Bible has been prophesying upon us since the day we were born. We don't believe in that one. For you. We don't believe in that one. Thank God that we have only correct prophets who come to this house. They, they prophesy. They don't prophesy lie. Because these days people prophesy lie. So Nehemiah's heart. People of God, if we are going to go to the next level, you must align the prophetic word with the word of God. Now, if the prophetic word contradicts the word of God, please take the word of God. Because the last time I checked, Prophet Samuel, who started hearing the voice of God when he was a baby, he got it wrong seven times. He was sent to go and anoint a king in the house of Jesse. When Eliab came, he said, oh, surely this is the king. God said, why? Did I ask you? Did I tell you that? He said, I have rejected him. Abinadab came, he said, oh, surely this man, TikTok, look at the guy's muscles. Charlie, this is a king. He said, God said, what are you doing? Stop embarrassing yourself. I've rejected this guy. They came one by one, seven. He got it all wrong. Out of embarrassment, he said, Ah! Is there no other person in this house? <laughs> they said, Oh. Uh, that small boy. But that guy is not a king material. Uh, people of God, I speak over your life. You who were not respected. You who people did not think you qualified to be a king. May one day come that if you don't come, they will not sit down. They will wait for you. And one day, your parents, somebody will say, ah, we remember that lady. We remember that son of ours. He is on the field. But we don't think he qualifies to do this. But God said, he's the one I have chosen. He's the one I have chosen. May the Lord locate you. As your heart presents before God, may God locate you. May your family members know that without you, your, the family cannot move to the next level. I speak grace and mercy over your life. I speak favor over your life. I declare that the Davidic anointing will be your portion in the name of Jesus. The word of God will guide us. The word of God is the most profound prophetic word. The third thing that I saw of Nehemiah, which I call the wisdom of God. Let's look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1, no, 2 verse number 11 to 18. 
Verse number 11 to 18. And I'm going to wrap up in a few minutes. Amen. Hallelujah. So now the king favors Nehemiah. Nehemiah had everything. Look at Nehemiah. The Bible says, so I arrived in Jerusalem three days later. Okay. I slipped out during the night. Did you see that? Taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. Sometimes when God gives us prophetic word, we destroy it by our mouths. Check what you say, how you say it, when you say it. For Nehemiah to appropriate God's plans, Bible says that when he went there, he had everything by his mouth. He, he kept it shut. People of God, some of us, we live our lives on social media. When I go to some people's social media, I know if you are sad. I know if you are happy. I know if you are eating and you are satisfied. I know everything about you on social media, true or false. That is the You see, sometimes we give the devil too much credit. The devil doesn't know what you have not said. Because he's not, he's not that powerful. He's not a mind reader. The devil cannot read the Holy Spirit. He cannot read what the Holy Ghost has for you. It is our mouths. One. What you say, Nehemiah had everything. He was prepared. But he shut his mouth. He went, he surveyed. These days, we don't, we, 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 we talk more than we hear. But Bible says that be quick to hear and slow to speak. Sometimes, blah, 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 blah. it is not everything that comes to your mind that your mouth must say. Somebody say wisdom. I'm preaching good though. I say it is not everything that comes to your mind that your mouth must say. When they come, brood over them, ponder over them. Talk to God about it. And when you are talking like a stammerer, talk small, slowly, slowly. Because said, be quick to hear. But slow to speak. Nehemiah was quick to hear. Slow to speak. Why did he do that? Because at that infantile stage, the devil can kill the prophetic word. The devil can kill the vision. Oh, well, you don't believe me. Let me prove to you. Let's go to, let's go to Matthew 2.13. Let me show you something in Matthew chapter 2 verse 13. And this is about Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Matthew 2.13. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in the dream. Get up! Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Why should Jesus be afraid of being killed? Because at that stage, at that infantile stage, the devil can cause mayhem. So, so, the angel of the Lord said, quickly, God could have said that Jesus stayed there and he would put an archangel. <laughs> put an archangel to slash all the armies of Herod. But sometimes you have to apply wisdom. He said, pick the baby. Go and hide the baby in Egypt. When you read Exodus chapter 2, the same thing, Moses was hidden. But Jesus became the savior of the world. Moses left the, Egypt, uh, the Israelite out of Egypt. Your vision would die if your mouth is not shut. Your vision will be killed by your own mouth. May God grant you grace. Those of us with okro, 
an electricity mouth. Because you see, this mouth is with a tongue. You can say something that will kill somebody. You can say something that would undo people. But Nehemiah made sure that he guarded his mouth. He guarded his, his, his thoughts. And he, he knew that there were Sambalas. There were Tobias. He strategized. And he entered. And after he had gone through everything, he came back and said, this is what we will do. This is what we will do. Finally, let me just finish here. You realize that when the Hema came back, let's read the end. I'll be teaching these principles every Sunday. I'll be teaching these principles every Sunday. Give me verse 13 onwards. After that, I went out, you know, so go all the way to verse number 18, please. Then, after he had surveyed, now he comes and said, then I told them about how gracious the hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at one, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the work immediately. <laughs> how many of us are learning something from God today? Hallelujah. You see, it is one thing having the word of God and a prophetic word. And another thing, actualizing it, making it happen. Every word of God needs the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God comes through the Bible and talking to people, godly people, and conventional wisdom. Nehemiah, after he had gotten that, he now gathered the people. He didn't go bossing over them like these days, some of the pastors. Don't you know I'm the pastor of Harvest Missions Chapel? Don't you know? I've told myself, well, may the Lord help my mouth. They say mouth. I see it right now. It will bring me problem. People of God, it doesn't matter how big you are, how tall you are. Hey, we are all sinners saved by grace. Nehemiah identified with the people all. In executing God's will, you must know how to communicate and come down to the level of everybody. Yeah. Some of us, we are too big for our own liking. Unless you don't go to Abrochi for one week, we can't even hear your accent. Driver! I'm the gun, Marheko. Marheko. What Marheko? And when they take you to Odona, you say, driver, Benke Wakemi Yamataheko. Hey, what are you doing? Justice, it don't be so. Justice has been there for years, but when he speaks, I can hear. Emuna. Marheko. Latebi Okoshi, I don't even know how. I don't, I don't even want to try to pronounce it. Then all of a sudden, everybody is low below you. That is why sometimes, you see, God gives vision to one man, but it takes many people to make it happen. How many of you know that? So your vision cannot happen if you kick everybody around, insult everybody, shut everybody, make everybody feel like death and you are the boss. Your vision will die at birth. The church, we have too many self people. Please, when we come here, this is the only place you can be vulnerable and lie on the floor before God. And say, God, I am nothing before you. And everybody here is your brother and your sister. 
No bossing over people. This church, we don't have class. Eh? The day we have class, this pulpit will talk. Because we don't, eh, I'm praying to God that one day we will have a situation where the professor is sitting next to the level 100 students and they are all worshipping God and laughing. Where the medical doctor is sitting close to the janitor and everybody is worshipping. That is the love revolution. That is what the church needs. Until we get there, every word that God has said to us may not come to pass because the least among us may be the one that will help make it happen. Father, help us. Jesus, help us. So that we can love one another. One of the prayers Jesus prayed, what I really call the Lord's prayer, is not our Father. John 17, that was when Jesus really prayed for us. He said, God, make them one, even as we are one. Because the very moment we become one, and we are united, the work will be done. The people say, yes, let us rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. When we are one, we will finish this building in 52 days. When we are one, the work of God will be done. Churches will be planted. Souls will be won. The reason why Christianity is not growing is because we are not one. I belong to Apollos. I belong to this. I belong to that. Even here in this small church, we are not one. Even in this small church, we are not one. Tearing each other down, facing each other, thinking that we are dead. We are not well, and we are not well. We are all children of God, striving one by one every day to get to the touchline where we will hear good and faithful servant enter into my rest. Until then, our work is not done. Until then, everybody around you is your brother. Until then, everybody around you is your sister. Until then, we don't have bishop. We don't have Janita, we have children of God. God does not have grandchildren. So the fact that I'm your pastor and maybe I brought you to the Lord doesn't mean that you are God's grandchild. Everyone is a child of God. We all have equal access to God. So it is not in the hierarchical, you know, other way, Ghana, so much power distance. So before you see the boss, you have to see five people before you see the boss. As for God, go down on your knees, you see him. Let's rise to our feet. Four things. I, I think I shared four things. I will leave the, the last one because it's, it's a big deal. It's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We say, guard your heart. Watch your mouth. Check your attitude. Be obedient to the word of God. I don't know where you are with all these. But lift your voice and begin to pray. I know where I need him. You know where you need him. May the Lord help me. That I can walk in his power let your voice and begin to pray people of God God work on my heart Lord my heart is yours let my heart break with the things that break your heart oh God oh pray that God will work on our hearts as a church Pray that God will take our hearts any bitterness, any hardship, anything that is eating us up. If God should open up our hearts, tell him that God take every toxin from my heart. Take every toxin. Take it out, oh God. I need you, my Lord. I need you, my Father. Oh God, who am I? What is my house? 
Repair my heart, oh God. Change me, oh God. Oh, Cry to God. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Saburi kabala baba sataya. Bediri kados dima. Kados, kados, kados. Satan dini kabala baba sataya. Panduri kalokasuri akalababa. Oh, I cry to you, oh God. Let my heart yet for you, oh God. Let my heart yet for you. Oh Jesus, Son of the Living God, let my heart yet for you. Let my heart break with the things that break your heart. One more time. The Spirit of the Lord just prompted me about something. There are two categories of people in this house we need to pray for, or all of us need to pray. One category understands the content of the heart, and they are yearning that God will do something. And every day they pray about it. There is grace in this house today. We want to pray that God will hack into our prayers. So that whatever we have brought before him, some of us unforgiveness, some of us pride, some of us, we know it, it's there, we know it. But there are other categories, the next category of persons, they know it, but they are not ready to do anything about it. Because once in a while, they enjoy it, walking in it. Let's pray that God will have mercy on us too. So these categories of people, lift your voice. I don't know which one you belong to. But today, let's lift up our voice and say, God, we need you. Have mercy on us, oh God. Have mercy on us. Have mercy. Jesus, son of David. Thanks for tuning in. We believe you've been blessed by today's word. For video recordings of teachings by Reverend Alijah, visit our Facebook page at Harvest Missions Chapel. For prayers and counseling, kindly call or WhatsApp the numbers 0244-865-523 or 054-230-3868. To share your testimonies or to support the ministry in cash or kind, contact us on 0244-865-523.